passing arms, 363. Turn around, fellowship, shake hands one with another. It's time for a word of prayer. We've got a lot of things to pray for tonight. Amen. And we're going to spend the service tonight remembering some things and praying for some things. And we'll give you a prayer list in just a little while. Things that I want to encourage you to be praying about. But let's pray now and ask the Lord to bless the service. Father, we come to you tonight and we come to you tonight with heavy hearts in many ways. But Lord, we look to you now knowing that you are on the throne. And fathers, we come tonight, we pray for so many things. Teach us tonight to pray. Lord, give us a heart for the things we need to pray for tonight. But do bless this service. Be honored and glorified in everything that is done. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing and worship. Page 324. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. 324. I need to get a book. Look around and get one.
As Senator Usher has come forward to receive her offering, let me remind you that you're giving on Wednesday night. This is your final Wednesday night for this year. It goes to the Bible conference. It starts Sunday. So let me encourage you to drop a little something extra in tonight. And I know the Lord will bless you. But Sunday is the beginning of the conference as well as homecoming. As I remind you, reminded you, Sunday, bring plenty of food. We'll all go over after service and, and eat next door and just take your food by as you come in in the morning. On Sunday morning, be someone there to uh, arrange it all. But uh, I want you to come and just, I hope you've been praying and come expecting the Lord to do something wonderful on the Lord's Day. Amen. I'm looking forward to the conference. I have a number of guests coming in. We'll be... Uh, passing out the names of all of our preachers that we know of that are coming in so that we can be praying for them and praying the Lord will touch them. But let's expect the Lord to give us a great day. Everybody, call some folks and call somebody. Let them know it's homecoming conference and just come expecting the Lord to give us a good time. Just a couple of things. Sunday school, we are uh, got our new preschool open and we're needing a teacher, assistant teacher, someone in the uh, three-year-old, if you think you might be interested in that. I see Aaron after the service. And then also, of course, we need some nursery workers for the Bible conference. If you think you might work in the nursery one night, see Chantel. And this, I know you hate to miss the services, but it, uh, this way you can be a blessing to others. At least one service. But we need some nursery workers for the Bible conference. So a lot of things going on. A lot of things going on. A lot of things going on this week. Trying to get ready for it. Little things we're doing here, there, and yonder. But uh, I hope you're praying, expecting the Lord to give us a great time. Let's pray. Father, thank you now for the privilege to give. We've given all year long uh, for this meeting that starts on Sunday. And I thank you, Lord, for the people that have given and for the money that has been given and what we're going to be able to do for others as a result of people giving. Now, Father, I pray you would honor their giving. And I pray the conference will be a very special time for them as well as for the many guests that are coming in. Bless now the offering tonight and the service in Jesus' name. Amen. Your sails, they are torn. 
the storm. Now I've had visions and I've had dreams. I've even I want you to take your Bible to Psalm 22. I know we've been in the uh, book of James on Wednesday night, but I know that there's other things on our mind tonight. I want to address those, and I want us just to think about this thought. I'm going to point you to two verses of Scripture, and I want to simply think how, on this thought, how we should pray the day after. I want you to stand as we honor the reading of His Word, Psalm 22. Verse 27, verse 28, I'm going to read these verses and then I will come to them when I'm ready, when I conclude tonight. Look at verse 27 and 28 of Psalm 22. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. 
and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship of, of the nations shall worship before thee for the kingdom is the lords he is the governor among the nations let me read verse 28 again we'll just point out a phrase in verse 27 he talked about turning unto the lord verse 28 he said he is the governor that is he is the one in charge thank you may be seated how should we pray the day after let's pray our father tonight in the name of the lord jesus christ as we come to you tonight we thank you for your word we're so thankful lord that we can depend upon your word we can trust your word we can turn to your word we can follow your word we can believe in your word we thank you for all of these things and we ask you tonight to speak to our hearts. We pray for our beloved nation. We pray for all the things that are going on in our country right now. For all the things that have happened, we ask you, Lord, just to bring out a tragedy triumph, bring out a chaos, something wonderful for our nation. But, Father, we pray tonight that you'll speak to us, and I pray, Lord, that you will burden our hearts to pray as we ought. So speak to us tonight, for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we pray and ask these things, amen. I'm sure tonight that when I speak of the day after, I don't have to explain myself. When I talk about how we should pray the day after, I think everybody in this room knows exactly what I'm talking about. September the 11th, 2001 is a day that I don't think any of us will ever forget. I think it's a day that will become a permanent part of our history. When I talk about the day after again, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I remind you of the day before. I remind you in words. I also want to remind you in pictures as well. We all know what happened yesterday. At 8.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, American Airlines Flight 11 from Boston to Los Angeles slammed into the 1,250-foot-tall North Tower of the 110-story World Trade Center in Manhattan. In a matter of minutes, pictures of smoke bellowing out of the skyscraper were being seen on TV screens all across this country. And for a moment, we were stunned. For a moment, we thought, what has happened? Some airline disaster, another airline disaster. But then 18 minutes later, at 9.03 a.m., to the horror of a nation, United Airlines Flight 175, also flying from Boston to Los Angeles, rammed into the South Tower of the World Trade Center, exploded, sending a fireball ripping through the building. We all watched, and many of you did. Several of you called the office, several called me. We watched as terrified office workers streamed out of the building as burning debris cascaded on panic pedestrians below. <clears throat> As such scenes flashed over the screen, a nation in shock was delivered another blow 40 minutes later when at 9.43 a.m., American Flight 77 flying from Dulles Airport outside of Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles crashed into the west side of the Pentagon. Seven minutes later at 9.50 a.m., our horror intensified as the South Tower of the Trade Center collapsed, sending enormous plumes of choking gray smoke and debris through the streets of Manhattan. At 12.29 a.m., shortly thereafter, the North Tower disintegrated and came crashing down. Somewhere in all that was happening, we would learn that somewhere around 10 a.m., United Airlines Flight 93 headed to San Francisco from New York, New Jersey, crashed into a field about 80 miles from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Later in the afternoon, Trade Center Building Number 7 would collapse. Evacuations were ordered in the White House, and then in all the federal buildings in Washington, D.C., and in New York. President Bush in Sarasota, Florida, speaking to a group of elementary kids, was informed of what had happened. He was rushed first to Louisiana, Louisiana, and then to an air base in Nebraska. And as we've learned today, the reason was not only was the White House a target, but Air Force One was a target as well. The FAA did something unprecedented in American history. It ordered all American airspace shut down 
for the first time, as I said, in U.S. history. Military brass ordered two U.S. aircraft carriers and other military hardware to the city of New York. Called a second Pearl Harbor by many. As details emerged, we learned that the planes had been hijacked by terrorists, leaving in their wake a loss of American lives that numbers maybe in the thousands. And if the estimations are anywhere near to what they're projecting, there's only been one other day in American history that was more bloodier, more American lives were lost in one single day, and that would have been at the Battle of Antietam in the Civil War. Unprecedented since the days of the Civil War. President Bush called it an act of war and, and despicable, despicable acts of terror. Newspapers rushed to print special editions with headlines that read, Attack on America. Our own Chattanooga paper, the headline read, Struck at Home. Well, the day after, we're still reeling as a nation, getting over the initial feelings of being stunned and being shocked. As more details have become known in the scenes and the, the stories of destruction and the loss of American lives are made known, we sway between our feelings of grief and our feelings of anger. If you are like me, as I have watched the news report, there is, a, there is one moment my heart breaks. And but then the next moment, my American blood begins to boil. My heart breaks as I watch the scenes of rescue and hear of the number of lives that are lost. But then on the other hand, when I think about how that my beloved nation, a nation that is not perfect, and a nation that has a lot of faults, but a nation that I love, and I think about how it has been, how it has been invaded and attacked by those who hate everything that we represent, there's a part of me that is angry, and there's a part of me that makes my American blood boil. I, if you've known me, I've been here 15 years, you know that I am patriotic. And I don't have a lot of tolerance for a lot of things. And I, I have, I'm just old-fashioned. I'm from the mountains of North Carolina. Make no apologies for what I'm about to say. I'm going to say it, and I will not apologize for it. But this is the way I feel about our country. If you don't like it, get out of it. Say amen right there. That's the way I feel about it. I don't have a lot of tolerance. I don't have a lot of tolerance for the burning of our flag. I don't have a lot of tolerance for the putting down of our military and our leader. I don't have any tolerance for that, that at all. If I had been president in the 70s, draft dodgers would still be wanting to come back to the United States of America. And if I had it my way today, I'd reopen Alcatraz. If you burn the flag, you'd spend the rest of your life there. That's me. I don't apologize for it. You like it. You can lump it, bump it, dump it, or jump it. But that's the way I feel about it. Amen. I love our country. And when things like yesterday, when it happens, it bothers me. I am angry. I'm grieved at the same time. It is the day after and we as a nation continue the process of rescuing those who are still alive and removing the bodies of those who died. It's the day after and we as a nation continue the process of learning who was responsible for what has occurred. It is the day after and we as a nation are faced with the decisions of how we will respond when all the facts is in and is determined who was responsible and is responsible. It is the day after and we as a nation began the process of regrouping and the process of recovering from this national tragedy. It's the day after and we're here tonight. And we gather together not only as Americans, but we gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to just call for a, I just want to challenge you tonight. This really, when I think about the day after, this is what I want to just do tonight in this service. I want to call you to prayer. And I want to call you to pray a specific way. In fact, I want to give you a prayer list. I want to give you a very simple prayer list. I want you to get a sheet of paper and write it down. Things to guide you in how you pray. I think of the events of yesterday and they call for us to respond in various ways. I think if we were in the neighborhood of New York City or in Washington, D.C., I think we would be willing to respond to help in any way that we could. But that's far away from us, so we do not have that opportunity to respond that way. We can respond in various ways. Some are giving blood and things like that. But I think first and foremost that we ought to respond in prayer. Amen? I think we ought to respond in prayer. And for that reason, I want to call you to pray tonight by giving you these things to pray. How should we pray the day after? Very simple things. I depart from my normal way of outlining. And I just want to give you some simple things that I want you to pray for. Number one, 
I want we all to pray for the families that have lost loved ones. There are hundreds of families around this country tonight that are grieving. There are a number of families that are so uncertain, they don't know. They're living in those agonizing moments. Our preacher, our pastor of the week would be, church of the week would be praying for in just a little while is Bambridge Baptist Church in Northern Ireland. Brother Victor Maxwell, which will be our guest speaker, our morning speaker in the Bible conference. There were some very anxious moments for us uh, on Monday morning. But Brother Victor was coming, leaving, had left Northern Ireland at 1 o'clock in the morning, our time, and 7 o'clock in Northern Ireland time, and was due to arrive in New York around the time all this happened. His daughter lives in Greenville, his son-in-law in Greenville. I called them to find out, asked them if they had heard anything about Brother Victor. They didn't know anything. And I said, if you heard anything, we don't know anything. We don't know where he is. We don't know the flight number that he's on. We don't know anything. Well, all we know is he was to arrive in New York around that time. They were hours of agony. And when I spoke to him on the telephone, you could sense the agony they were going through, not knowing what was going on. But then we later would learn in the afternoon that most of the flights were from within the states, and then later we would learn that they were grounded in Newfoundland, Newfoundland. And that's where they are tonight. As Sharon was shared before it came to church there, uh, they brought them down in New, at an Air Force base, from what we understand, in Newfoundland. And Victor and his wife had been on the plane. They will not allow them off the plane. They've been on the plane since 1 o'clock Monday morning, our time, and they don't know how much longer they'll be on the plane before they leave. So they're grounded somewhere. They didn't know anything that was going on. They, all they were told, there was a national crisis in the United States, and they had to make an emergency landing. But I think about the families. I got a sense of that just in talking to Tom and Heather, their daughter and son-in-law, of the agony of not knowing. I think about numbers of families around the country here that do not know tonight if their loved one is alive or if their loved one is dead. I think of the numbers tonight that know of their loved ones that are dead. I think tonight when we pray, we ought to pray for the families that have lost loved ones. Amen? Second of all, I think some else we ought to pray for and that is we ought to pray for those who are involved in the rescue attempts. Over 200 firemen in the New York Fire Department have lost their lives trying to save others. A number of New York policemen have lost their lives. I grew up in a policeman's family. I understand a policeman's life. I know what it is like. And, over, and several, many, many New York policemen have lost, uh, policemen were lost and they're even in danger. I watched even just a few minutes but to the last minute before I came to church tonight how they were evacuating the area again for fear of another building about to collapse. They're working in danger trying to save others. I think we ought to remember them tonight and pray for them. I think another thing you ought to pray for tonight is for our president and pray for the decisions that he'll have to make. I pray tonight that God gives him wisdom that God helps him to know what to do, not just with the attack on America, but with the days that are ahead. I don't think that many, I think about our young people, they've come in here tonight to be with us, but I, I, I think about our young people, uh, they've never grew up with images of war, they never grew up with images of any kind of bloodshed, hardly any kind of bloodshed on our shores. I grew up with the images of Vietnam on the TV every afternoon. Some of you grow up with the images and memories of World War II. Roy down here grew up with the images of World War I. We grew up with those things. But I think about these young people. They've never seen anything like that. They've never known anything like that. Uh, but I think about the days that are ahead. I think we need to pray for our president. It didn't make a hill of beans whether you voted for him or not. We need someone, in the, we need someone right now that's going to be a strong leader. I think we ought to pray for our president. I, pray we, I think we ought to pray that God will give him wisdom. I pray, and it is my prayer, that God help him to be strong. I hope he doesn't pussyfoot around about this thing. And I hope he doesn't back down. I hope, listen, I hope when they find out who it was and who is responsible, that he will not back down and that he will not ease up. I hope that he'll take the bull by the horns and charge full steam ahead, do whatever is necessary, take revenge for what has happened. And we ought to pray that he'll be strong. I think another thing, and I add this on there, I think we ought to pray for the men and women of our military. It's very possible that they may be called into action in days to come to defend what has happened in our nation. I think we ought to pray for them. We don't know what may be ahead for them. 
But from all indications, our country is going to retaliate. Our country ought to retaliate. Our men and women are going to be involved in that, and we need to pray for them. A fifth thing that we ought to pray for, and I mean this, and I believe, I don't think I'd uh, do anything to injure anything taught in the Bible. I think we ought to pray for justice. I'm not a John McCain fan, but I do like something I heard him say on the, on the, con- on the Senate floor or the, or the House of Representatives floor today. <laughs> he said, if we find out who you are, he said, God may show you mercy, but we sure aren't. Amen? <laughs> now, I like that. I think we ought to pray for justice. I think we ought to pray that God will bring justice You see, it's not just war fighting on a battlefield. These are innocent people. These are people that were working for a living. These were people doing their job, coming into their offices during the day. They were victims of an evil people. They were victims of people with a twisted and a warped sense of values and, and with a religion that is screwed and twisted. I think we ought to pray for justice. I believe that God is a God that brings justice. He said, vengeance is mine. And the indication of that statement is that God does bring justice for the injustices that are done in His own way, in His own time. I think we as American people ought to pray for justice. But there's a sixth and a final thing that that we ought to pray for. And that is, I believe we ought to pray for a national turning back to the Lord. Brother Rick and I, standing up here just a moment ago, we were discussing what had happened, and I said to him, and he agreed, and we said the same thing. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think what happened yesterday is a wake-up call for our nation. I really do. We're a nation. I, mean, I think about what goes on in Washington. I have no sympathies for that which goes on in Washington. You know that. I mean, it's everybody up there, all they're concerned about is whether or not they're going to win a vote or lose a vote. I've, we've watched them over the past year sell their principles for opinion polls and sell their principles for... Of what the polls are saying, sell their principles for a vote and sell their principles for party lines and stuff like that. We don't need that kind of junk in the nation. That's not what made our nation what it is. We need people that believe what is right and will stand for it, whether they get voted in or voted out, they'll stand and do what is right. And we've had a bunch up there that just fuss and fight and just lie and cheat and tear down one another. And every one of them is crooked. Not every one of them, but most of them. About as crooked as a dog's hind leg and all they care about is themselves. I think maybe God given a wake-up call. It's time for you fellas to open your eyes and realize there's something more than fussing and fighting about a budget. We have a nation and we have forgotten God and pushed God out of our nation and run Him out and our courts have run Him out. And there's a God that we need. It's a wake-up call to realize that we are not invincible, that we may be the greatest power on the face of this earth, but I'm going to tell you something. All nations that forget God shall be turned into hell, the Bible said, and when a nation abandons God, God will abandon that nation, and no nation can survive if the blessings of God be not upon it. And we've pushed God out of our nation, and I think what is happening is reminding us, look, we can fall. I don't care how big we are. I don't care how much muscle we have in this world. And I don't care how we call the shots in this world. We can be brought down to our knees. And yesterday is a warning to us that we are not the mighty nation that is invincible. When people can sneak onto our planes and in one day's time take out tens of thousands of lives probably, It goes to show that even in our best with our intelligence and with our strength and with our power and with our ability and with our influence, we're vulnerable. We're a nation that needs God. And I think what happened yesterday was just a reminder. Look, we need the Lord. You may take the Ten Commandments out of the courtroom and you may... Uh, you may push him out and, and push him out of politics and be politically correct and whatever. I ought to take this political correct stuff and flush it and get back to what is right and wrong and say, look, we need God. It doesn't matter who it makes mad. We need God. And the only hope we have is in God. We ought to pray that God will take this. It fascinated me of the number of churches that opened their doors last night. And we didn't open our doors because we didn't care. 
But there were a number of churches all over the country. I read about thousands that gathered in the National Cathedral all through the afternoon. Now, you know, it's amazing to me how we don't have God. We don't care anything about God. We don't need God. And God shouldn't have anything to do in Washington. God shouldn't have anything to do with God. But, but the very moment there's a crisis, the first thing we do is call on God. We need sometimes God may have let a tragedy come to remind us that we, as powerful as we are, He's still God. And we're not invincible and that we need the Lord. I think we ought to pray. We ought to pray for all the things mentioned. But most of all, may God take this tragedy and somehow turn us back to God. There is a unity and you sense of unity as American. The American people have always rallied when our, when their, our nation was in a crisis. And we've seen that. I think one of the most thrilling things I ever saw in my lifetime, my 45 plus years, was when our boys were going to the Gulf. I remember when they passed through town here, and you remember how the interstates were lined with thousands and thousands of people, American flags waving on the side of the road, the East Ridge exit out there, where hundreds and thousands gathered out there, saying, so, uh, letting our boys know, and men and women boys, uh, men and women know as they were headed off to the Gulf War that we were back home supporting them and praying for them. That was an exciting thing, and I want you to know I was right out there slam in the middle of it and letting them know that I supported them. That was a thrilling thing. America always has come together. But in this coming together, may there be a turning to God and a turning back to God. I conclude by saying this. That is your prayer list. We'll pray for those things in a minute. I went on the Internet today, pulled up news articles, this, that, and the other, and looked at this and read this and read this opinion and read this ideal. But I ran across an article entitled, Talking to Kids About Tragedy. It was right in the middle of all the news reports, and, and it was an article on talking to kids about when tragedies come, and it was put there so the parents would have some guidelines on how to uh, help their kids to understand what was happening on TV and different things. And it had several things, such as turn off the TV, and in, in the comments were, don't let your desire to keep up with the news get in the way of your children's well-being. Had things like trying to control your response in front of your children. If you're full of fear, then your children will become even more scared. Uh, if you cry, they will cry. It went on talking about things like that. Be available. Let your children ask questions. Ask them the best of your ability. And a lot of things like that. But the one that really got my attention, the one that really interests me, and there was one point that they gave in there, how to talk to your kids about tragedy. When I saw it, I thought, that's not only for children, that's for adults as well. And it was three words. I'm talking about how to talk to your kids about tragedy. This was a, was a point they gave. Reassure reassure, reassure. I want you to understand something. Our text tells us tonight that he is the governor of the nations. The Twin Towers may fall in New York City due to some terrorist attacks, but the throne of God will never be brought down. And our nation, as great as it is, may God's hand continue to be upon it. May God continue to bless America. And may God continue to keep America strong. And may God continue to keep our shores safe. But I promise you one thing, regardless of what happens to the beloved United States of America, my God never changes, and He's God and He's on the throne. And He is in charge of everything that goes on. He is the governor of the nations. And that, I find, strength at my heart. I just want you to remember, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what happens in Pentagon. It does matter, but you understand this. I just want you to know, that God is still on the throne. He's not caught by surprise. He's not sitting up in heaven chewing his fingernails down the quick. He's a God that's got his hand on the throttle. And he's in charge of everything that's going on. That's how we'll pray tonight. Take your prayer sheet. I laid mine down up there on the thing. What is our missionary of the week? Is Mick and Cookie Johnson serving in Germany? I want to remember them tonight. And then as I mentioned, uh, Brother Maxwell. This is our morning speaker, main speaker in the morning. And uh, he's been sitting on a plane. will be uh, 1 o'clock our time. He would have been, him and, and Mrs. Maxwell would have been on that plane two days. And they have no idea when they're going to let them come. And they are releasing some flights, but I don't know that it involves any kind of international flights. And when you come out of a place like Northern Ireland and things like that, 
there's going to be much, much more caution about those kind of flights. So let's pray for the Maxwells. Bless their heart. They're sitting there. And uh, I told his son-in-law, I said, if you get to talk to Maxwell, Brother Victor, and he's able to get through again, uh, tell him that uh, uh, we're going to give him hazardous duty pay when he gets here for the meeting. Amen. But uh, let's remember the Maxwells. I can only imagine. I, I can't imagine. I, I can't. I hate an airplane. I don't mind flying, but I hate uh, sitting there, whatever there. I, I usually get up and walk around outside on the wings. I get so stir-crazy in the plane. But uh, let's remember the Maxwells tonight. Delcy Hall Memorial Hospital. Uh, Gertie Vaughn, this brother Steve's mother, she is at Memorial Hospital, had surgery last night, doing well today. Lisa Bennett will be having day surgery tomorrow. Also, Margaret Griffith, who we learned over the weekend, her brother had passed away. Let's remember them. And then a couple special requests given to me tonight. Uh, Margaret Allen. Uh, she fell and uh, cut her hand. She's been having a lot of pain, but she's home. We'll remember her. And then Natalie Woodard, her sister, uh, is uh, 27 weeks along carrying twins. She's trying to go into labor. They've been trying to stop the labor, uh, but they're not sure they'll be able to do so. She is at East Ridge Hospital. Natalie called me before church tonight. Want us to request prayer for her. So let's remember her sister and be praying for her. Also, another thing we want to do, always on Wednesday night before the Bible conference, we always pass out cards. Terry, Aaron, if you would, and Roy, if you'll come here, and maybe a couple others, take those. Take those and then get someone back to it. Uh, we ask folks to remember all preachers that are coming in to pray for them. And I'm asking you to remember them in prayer, and this is to pray that God will bless them and that he'll do something wonderful in their heart. If you'll pray for one of the preachers this week, just stick your hand up. There's a name on the card. You just put it in your Bible. Every time you see that name, just pray for that preacher. You may not know who the preacher is, uh, but I'm sure you'll get to meet him during the conference. But you're going to be praying every day for this pastor, for this preacher, that God will bless him and be here in our conference. These are preachers we're putting up in the motel. You're going to pray for them. Pray that God will do something wonderful in their life and that he'll use the meeting and the conference to touch their hearts and touch their lives. Let's pass all those out. Thank you for remembering all of those. I want us to come tonight, all of you that will, all of you that will, and let's come tonight. Let's remember our missionary of the week. Let's remember Brother Maxwell, Mrs. Maxwell, uh, Audrey. Let's remember her. And then let's pray for the things that are mentioned tonight. Will you do that? Gary Moore, I want you to come up here and lead us in prayer. And let's all come. Let's remember our nation. Let's remember all things going on. Let's pray that God will use all of these things, these things that have touched our nation to the very core. Let's pray that God will use it to turn our nation back to the Lord. Gary, you lead us in prayer. Our Father, tonight we do come into this service with very heavy hearts. And Lord, you tell us to cast our burdens upon you because you care for us. And Lord, we tonight come to you in prayer knowing that, uh, Lord, we need to always turn Lord, to bring people to you. Lord, this is going to be a wonderful evangelistic opportunity as people talk about this and look for answers. And I pray that we'll be open to every opportunity we have to turn people to the Lord Jesus. We pray, God, that you would just bring revival to our nation. And, Lord, help people to be stirred and realize, Lord, that we need you not just in the good times and bad, but always, Lord. And we pray that you would just help us, Lord, to look to you tonight. We ask that you would bless, Lord, those that have lost loved ones. God, we can't imagine the grief that they feel in their hearts. But we thank you, Lord, that you can give them a peace that passeth all understanding. And God, I pray that you will comfort them as our pastor has asked us, Lord, to pray as well that you bless those that are in the rescue efforts. Lord, put a hedge of protection around them. Give them strength and give them encouragement. And we pray that you would just meet their every need tonight. We especially lift up our president. We thank you for him. And Lord, uh, he, Lord names the name of the Lord. And we pray, God, that the Holy Spirit will just speak to this, his heart and, Lord, that you will impart special wisdom in his heart and life. And, God, I pray that the advice that he gives uh, is given, Lord, will be only that is what you would have. Lord, lead our nation uh, and direct it and help him to respond in a godly way in this crisis. 
We pray for our military people, Lord. We thank you for them who defend us, Lord, day and night here and, Lord, abroad. And we thank you for a nation that can support a military like we have. And we pray, Lord, that you would just be with them and prepare them, Lord, for whatever is down the road. And we pray that you would give the, these leaders, Lord, direction as well. We pray for justice tonight. God, we can't imagine, Lord, uh, the impact of this upon our nation. And God, we're just, Lord, just full of sorrow. But as the preacher has mentioned, we're full of anger as well. But God, you tell us, Lord, that... Uh, uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And I pray that you would just, through the leadership of our leaders, just show them, Lord, what they need to do. But we do ask for justice in this, uh, Lord, situation that seems so unjust. And God, as we've already said, we pray for revival, that there will be a renewal of the churches. And God, that people will look to you and that many will come to Christ, Lord, during this crisis. Lord, we pray for our missionary of the week this week, the Johnsons. And Lord, as they serve you in Germany, we pray, God, that you would give them strength, guidance, and protection. And use them in a mighty way, Lord, as they try to spread the gospel in this part of the world. We pray, Lord, for Brother Victor Maxwell and his wife as, Lord, they sit in Newfoundland on this plane. And God, I know that it's probably very uncomfortable there for them. But God, you have a purpose in that. And we just pray that you will use them in those circumstances on that plane uh, in some way. And we do pray that he will be released from there soon and be able to come, Lord, and be in the Bible conference and be a blessing and, Lord, bring the messages that you would have brought. We pray for the Bible conference. We pray that, Lord, it will be the best ever. We pray for your blessing upon it. We pray for Brother Tom Hayes. That you will bless him, Lord, as he'll be the main speaker. Lord, fill him with your Holy Spirit and give him just the messages that we have need of as a church and all of the various pastors and preachers that will be coming. We ask that you will use this conference to, Lord, give them spiritual strength and, Lord, help them to become on fire again for the Lord. And, God, we pray that it will be a time of refreshing and encouragement. Bless those on this list that are sick. We pray that you will touch their lives. Lord, those that are in the hospital, be with them. And we pray for these special needs that were mentioned tonight, these two ladies. We pray especially the one expecting these precious children. We ask that you will intervene in this situation. And Lord, meet the need that's there. Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for your mercy and grace and your salvation. And we thank you, Lord, in a dark hour like this, that we have a shining light that we can turn to. And I pray, God, that all of our hearts will be turned to you and that our strength will be in the Lord. May, it, Lord, America truly be one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bring somebody with you Sunday. Let's come back anticipating a wonderful day in the Lord. on the everlasting arms 363 Turn around fellowship, shake hands one with another.